Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, visit geico.com for a free rate quote. God bless Jalen Ramsey. This is exactly what the NFL needed. If you haven't been paying attention in the last 24 hours, Jalen Ramsey went uh, and did an interview with GQ Magazine. And in that interview, he gave off a series of opinions about virtually everything under the sun. But in particular, he weighed in on a ton of different NFL quarterbacks. And in the next segment, we'll read you every single one of those opinions. And it is, uh, it is pretty, uh, it's pretty outstanding. We'll tell you whether or not we agree with those opinions. But I think this is exactly what the NFL needed. And let me explain why. The NFL offseason for the past couple of years has been incredibly boring and serious. Everything about the NFL has been anthem-related, plotting, boring, serious, not reflective of how much fun the game is. And you compare it, let's say, with the NBA, where almost all of the drama that happens in the NBA is off the court, whether it's free agency, whether it's players posting on Instagram, whether it's something that somebody said. It's all the drama surrounding the game more than it's the actual game. And the NFL has an infinitely better product than the NBA. 
I don't think there's anybody out there listening to me right now who would disagree. In the NFL, you have no idea who is going to win the Super Bowl every year. Not very many people thought that the Eagles were going to be your Super Bowl champ coming into last season. Even Eagles fans are still somewhat stunned that they found a way to win the Super Bowl, particularly once Carson Wentz got hurt and you had to go to Nick Foles. The unexpected outcomes of the NFL make it extraordinary. Also, it's even unexpected when the playoffs are set. There are 12 teams every year that make the NFL playoffs. All 12 NFL playoff teams, I can sketch you out a pathway by which that team can reach the Super Bowl. We almost, guys, ended up with the Jacksonville Jaguars versus Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl, which I bet would have paid off if you had just gone out and bet on what the Super Bowl matchup was going to be, a 1,000 to 1 or better. Because nobody thought the Jags were going to come surging back like they did. Nobody thought the Eagles were going to be there. It's why every single year the NFL gives you hope if you are a fan. Things can turn on in a heartbeat. Teams can go from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league or at least the best team in their division in one season. 32 NFL teams and 32 teams feel like every year they can make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs. Now, nothing like that happens in the NBA. But what the NFL has gotten caught up in is they have had far too much issues with the with the anthem and everything else about players being told basically don't say anything, don't draw attention to yourself. And what the NFL has needed to do is match in some way the excitement that the game itself can actually provide with some excitement in the lead up. And I thought that's what Jalen Ramsey did beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, it's also really smart of Jalen Ramsey. From a calculated, I'm going to make myself a celebrity perspective, running your mouth in in a league where almost no one runs your mouth is a difference maker. Think about it. What made Richard Sherman a household name and made him famous and made him tens of millions of dollars? It was his reaction in the NFC Championship game when he knocked down the pass intended for Michael Crabtree against San Francisco 49ers, and he did the interview with Aaron Andrews. Every single person who watches football eventually saw that Richard Sherman interview and learned who he was. And you may not like Richard Sherman, You may not have liked that interview. You might have found him classless, but you knew who he was. Once he did that, you knew who he was. That put the Seattle Seahawks on the map. That put the Legion of Boom on the map. And ultimately, I think it ended up, that persona ended up overwhelming the Seattle Seahawks franchise. I think ultimately that's why Pete Carroll decided we got to let go of these guys Russell Wilson is the face of our franchise. we got to figure out a way to get rid of Michael Bennett, to get rid of Richard Sherman, to reset the team dynamics here because those guys became so outspoken and so much of media flashpoints that Pete Carroll kind of uh, let the inmates run the asylum. That's what happened there, basically. And Pete Carroll, very much a player's coach. And we know that sooner or later, Players, coaches, oftentimes can let the player's power rise up too much and then the coach doesn't have the influence that he used to. And I think in this situation, 
Pete Carroll had to make a decision between whether this was the franchise of Blake uh, of uh, Russell Wilson or it was a franchise of the Legion of Boom. And ultimately, he said this is Russell Wilson's team, and he traded those guys away. But in the meantime, he had years of being able to rely on Richard Sherman being an incredible asset for his team and, frankly, one of the faces of the NFL. And I think we're close to seeing that from Jalen Ramsey. Now, Jalen Ramsey suspended this week. Maybe the reason he was suspended was not so much his uh, going at it with a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars media as it was the Jags knew this interview was coming out. Now, we'll see what the impact of all of this is. Players are already weighing in. We had some funny comments by Eli Manning, funny comments by Golden Tate, um, a lot of different uh, players and coaches weighing in on all these comments. I think everything about it is fantastic for the NFL. I mean, I really do. I don't think it could be much better than what it is for the NFL. I thought everything about it was phenomenal. I think this is what the NFL needs. A part of me thinks that what the NFL needs more than anything is almost like open mics on WWE for SmackDown and Raw. Just let everybody talk as much as they can, build up the drama. I didn't care at all about the Jags opening game against the New York Giants. I mean, I would have watched it, but I mean, I wasn't really excited about it. Now I can't wait to see what happens with Eli Manning, Odell Beckham, uh, with with Jalen Ramsey and all the drama surrounding the opening of the NFL season with the Giants going up against the Jags. I think it's phenomenal for the league. I think it's great for Jalen Ramsey, who has now branded himself entering into, I believe, his third year in the uh, in the NFL. The guy is Deion Sanders-like. I think already you kind of had that feeling about Jalen Ramsey, that he was Deion Sanders-like. Uh, now, the question is going to become certainly uh, what is the impact of comments like these, all those things. I don't think the actual on-field impact is going to be that substantial, but I do think for overall the NFL, this is exactly what they need. I can't even remember the last time we had an entirely off-the-field related NFL story. Think about that for a minute. You've been listening to this show with me for several years now. How many times have we started off a show with an entirely off-the-field related NFL incident other than the national anthem. Think about that for a minute. Ultimately, NFL players and athletes in general are in the entertainment business, and much of the culture of the NFL is very buttoned up. It's about not letting the players be entertaining. It's about not drawing attention to yourself. It's uh, it's like uh, children back in the 19th century. Kids are to be seen, not heard. NFL players are to be seen, not heard. That's what coaches want. But sometimes you miss the fun and the drama and the excitement. I loved everything about Jalen Ramsey. If you haven't heard all of his comments, when we come back, Danny G has got all the comments that he made in the GQ article about every different NFL quarterback. And we're going to go through each of those and break them down. And I'll tell you whether or not I agree with them one by one. We're going to work our way through. Loved all of these comments. For uh, people out there who are on the podcast and are like, okay, what's the roadmap for the show? Uh, in hour two, we're going to talk with John Morosi. We're going to discuss something I've been on for a long time. If you didn't see it, uh, last night the, uh, the, the Marlins began their game against the Atlanta Braves by plunking Acuna, who has been on an incredible run for the Atlanta Braves. He's hit five home runs in five straight games. 
he got nailed. Fortunately, it doesn't appear that he's that he's going to be seriously injured. But it could, uh, the, the the opening pass, the opening pitch, sorry, was one of, if not the hardest throws, I believe they said, in the history of Urena, who was opening the game for the Marlins. And he hit him near the elbow. Fortunately, the x-rays have shown that there's not a broken uh, a broken part of his arm. But uh, it was an ugly way to start the game. We're going to talk about that with uh, John Morosi. Why are pitchers in baseball still allowed to intentionally throw at batters? I think it's insane. And then in hour three, my guy Petros Papadakis, we missed him on Tuesday, but he will join us on Thursday instead. All of that still coming your way, uh, but we're starting the show. Jalen Ramsey breakdown, all of his quotes, if you haven't heard him from that GQ article, coming next. He went after every quarterback, it felt like, imaginable. I'll say whether or not I agree with Jalen Ramsey's opinions of each of these quarterbacks. It's Jalen Ramsey's breakdown of NFL quarterbacks. Do we agree or disagree? We'll talk on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want. So you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Jalen Ramsey sets the NFL uh, world on fire with one interview where he runs through. If you're not familiar with Jalen Ramsey, defensive back for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, from my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee, went down to play for the uh, Florida State Seminoles, made a lot of plays on the field for them. They moved him around. He played safety a large percentage of the time with uh, Florida State. He was on the uh, national championship team with Jameis Winston, and he believe, I believe is entering his third year with Jacksonville Jaguars, a big part of what has turned into a very good defensive team for the Jags. And I believe, Danny G, you have all of his opinions <laughs> on quarterbacks that are setting, like I said, the NFL world on fire, and we're going to run through them and uh, and and break them down and see how we think he did analyzing each of these quarterbacks, which frankly is a big part of what everybody in the NFL who cares about the league does. Look at all the quarterbacks in the league and break them down. We just rarely hear a defensive player, particularly a defensive back who has to go up against all these quarterbacks, actually tell us what he thinks. Yeah, huge article here and so many quarterbacks and non-quarterbacks to get to clay but we'll start off with the quarterbacks Jalen first started talking about the Cleveland Browns number one overall pick he said he understands why they took Baker so he kind of left Baker alone but here's where he gets to the trash talk right away he says I think the Buffalo Bills draft pick of Josh Allen is trash I don't care what nobody say he trash and it's gonna show too that's a stupid draft pick to me we play them this year and I'm excited as hell I hope he's their starting quarterback too he played at Wyoming Every time they played a big school, like they played Iowa State, which is not a big school in my opinion because I went to Florida State, and he threw five interceptions, and they lost by a couple touchdowns or something like that. He never even beat a big school. If you look at his games against big schools, it was always hella interceptions, hella turnovers. It's like, yo, if you're this good, why couldn't you do better? He fits that mold. He's big, tall, big arms, supposedly. I don't see it personally. Okay, so I think there's a lot of truth to the Josh Allen opinion. Uh, I don't think it's that much different than what my opinion was of Josh Allen, which is, look, if you're going to go to a school like Wyoming, you need to dominate. He didn't say it specifically, but if you're going to have accuracy issues in college, I think you're going to have accuracy issues in the NFL too. Now, we'll see. 
maybe Josh Allen can start to remedy those accuracy issues. But in his first preseason game, he went 9 for 19. Uh, I question whether he's going to be able to consistently put the ball where he needs to in the NFL because I've just seen too many guys come into the NFL and they've said, hey, we looked at all the tape. We know we can fix his accuracy issues. And then to me, accuracy is one of those things that doesn't get fixed. You're either an accurate NFL quarterback uh, because you were accurate in college or you're not. And so I actually kind of agree with this. Where I disagree with him, I think he said – that basically he thought Lamar Jackson should have been a higher draft pick? Well, that's going to be the second quarterback okay. we get to here. All right, so I. what about you guys? What do you think? Do you agree with his opinion on – because I think sometimes when you hear, oh, this guy's controversial. Like, I get described as controversial all the time. Every article that's written about me now, it's like – the controversial Travis. And I'm always like, I, am I really that <laughs> controversial? I understand that that's an adjective that people apply to me, but when you break down what I say, is much of what I say really controversial? There's so many people out there listening to this right now who are like, I thought that I was going to hate Clay Travis. People say he's controversial, he's got crazy opinions, and then you sit down and you actually listen to my opinions, and over time you're like, you know what? He doesn't. He's actually not that controversial. He just has intelligent opinions that other people might not touch. You might not agree with me, but I always think it's funny when somebody's described as controversial and then you're like, okay, well, what did he say? And then you break it down and you're like, yeah, that's kind of true. Maybe it's controversial that Jalen Ramsey actually spoke his truth, right? I think we live in an era where most people are afraid to say what they actually say. Every day for three hours, I tell you 100% of what I think. And to me, when I read that Jalen Ramsey interview, I'm like, okay, you can agree or disagree with this guy, but he's telling you exactly what he thinks. So I kind of, I agree with him on Josh Allen. Okay, who we got next? All right. I would have picked Lamar Jackson earlier than 32. I think he's going to do a good job, especially with the Ravens offensive coordinator. He likes running backs, likes that read option. And just being honest about it, Joe Flacco sucks. I played him two years in a row. He sucks. All right. I think Joe Flacco is past his time. I think Joe Flacco is the quintessential average NFL quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson is not going to be successful in the NFL. And I had this opinion before Lamar Jackson came into the league. I said every time I watched him play, Lamar Jackson that is, I loved watching him play in college. I bet on an infinite number of his games it felt like because I love Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino put him in a system where very often his first read was wide open. So he dropped back to pass. If his first read was wide open, he threw it. If his first read was not wide open, he typically ran and he was a better athlete than everybody else in uh, college football. Not going to happen in the NFL. He's going to get absolutely destroyed if he tries to run the football because unlike even a guy like Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson is really skinny. He's slight. He's going to get injured very quickly uh, if he tries to run the football. You've already seen, even in the preseason, by and large, most teams are going to take away his running uh, avenues. And so he's going to have to consistently make plays from the pocket. And I have not seen, based on his performances against SEC defenses, which I think are the best tests of uh, the most NFL-like of college defenses. He was awful in his final game against Mississippi State. LSU embarrassed him, uh, and uh, Kentucky even split with him. Uh, I think that when you really break it down, Lamar Jackson is not going to be successful. I disagree with Jalen Ramsey's perspective on Lamar Jackson. All right, the third quarterback that Ramsey gets to is Tyrod Taylor. The GQ interviewer asked, who are the quarterbacks, in your opinion, who don't suck? And Jalen answered, Aaron Rodgers does not. Tom Brady. All right. 
Do we agree there? Aaron yes. Rodgers does not suck, and Tom Brady does not suck. I don't think there's anybody out there who's like, Rodgers sucks, Brady, sorry. So we're, we're in agreement there. That's not controversial. Yes. Here's where he gets to Tyrod. He says, or Tyrod, as we found out on Hard Knocks, I think Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback for his team. I think Tyrod Taylor is actually a better quarterback than he gets credit for because he does not make many mistakes. He's honestly a Marcus Mariota-type player where he manages a game really well, always has them at least in position to be in the game late in the game he just doesn't have turnovers that often that's really all you need especially if you get a good defense I think so I you guys know everybody who listens to this show that I love Marcus Mariota (laughs) I think he's uh an awful offense last year I think this year Corey Davis and Marcus Mariota are going to put together a pretty good little show if both can stay healthy so I agree with him about Mariota. I think the Titans have often kept uh, kept him uh, kind of handcuffed. Shocker. And I think he has the ability to make a lot of plays. I think what the exact quote about uh, Tyrod Taylor is that he's uh, what was the a good f- game manager? He doesn't turn the ball over that often. Yeah, yeah. But what did he say? He's under. What's the oh, underrated yeah, he, quote? He, he says that uh, I think he doesn't get enough credit because the lack of mistakes. I, Certainly nobody out, out there is like, oh, I love Tyrod Taylor. I think he's an incredible player. Uh, so I think it's true. I mean, I, there's no so you doubt think he's that, a better quarterback than he gets credit for. Uh, I mean, I'm not sold on Tyrod Taylor. I remember last year saying, I think I, I, I agreed that I would run down the, uh, the, the street in Nashville in a, in a, in a, uh, like a speedo. I think I said speedo. If Tyrod Taylor ever won a playoff game That's and I was right. a little yep. bit nervous because that game against the, the Jags was so ugly, uh, and the bills were so fortunate to get into the playoffs, but no, I had no faith in him actually making plays when he needed to make plays um I still don't have a lot of faith in him but I don't think he's awful and uh I, I look I mean I think if the if the Browns started him all year I think they would go five and 11 or six and 10 so I mean I, I think he's a, a very middle of the road quarterback who you can't really put a lot on but uh, but is not awful so I, I agree with both those opinions so far on Mario so so far I have agreed with five of the six quarterback breakdowns by Jalen Ramsey. So you hear, oh, it's insanely wow. controversial. The only one I've disagreed with so far is Lamar Jackson. All right. Next in Ramsey's sights, Jimmy Garoppolo. The interviewer asked, are you sold on Jimmy Garoppolo uh, on his hype? And Ramsey answers, I don't know yet. Just because when they beat us, his hype picked up. They were like, he beat the number one defense. It was all schemes, though. He didn't beat us. It was like he diced us up, but it was literally all schemes. They were doing flat routes to the wide open fullback, and he's running for like 20 yards down the field four times during the game. So he didn't really dice us up. It was their fullback and their tight end on over routes. But if you know how to work within your scheme, then it means you're good. I guess you could say he's good. Uh, oh, I mean, I think that's uh, – first of all, I think when you say, oh, they, they diced us up, he didn't really beat us. I mean, the quarterback has to recognize who's open. So the quarterback has to go execute the game plan. You can have a great coach in Kyle Shanahan who's really good at offensive uh, schematics, but the quarterback still has to go execute it. There have been a ton of NFL games where there have been wide-open players that have been schemed in a, in a, in a solid way and the quarterback has not been able to do it. So I, I think I think the verdict is still out on Garoppolo. People who listen to this show know I am not in the Jimmy Garoppolo is a uh, incredible playmaker camp yet, but I do think that that's a pretty accurate assessment in general. He's good. I'm not sure he's great. I think the hype on Garoppolo is a little bit ahead of the reality. He still only started seven games. So that would be uh, my breakdown. 
All right, and then it gets good here. Uh, Ramsey says, I got to go down the list of NFL teams if y'all want to make sure I'm hitting all the good quarterbacks. And then in parentheses, it says, at this point, Ramsey has his phone out and starts scrolling through names. Let's continue with these quarterbacks in a moment right. here. We'll, we'll break down these NFL quarterbacks. But first, let me bring in Eddie Garcia, get our update, and then we come back more Jalen Ramsey on NFL quarterbacks. All right, here's your Geico scoreboard from Major League Baseball where the Dodgers walked off with a 4-3 win over the Giants in 12 innings. L.A. snaps a five-game losing streak. They're now a game and a half back of Idle Arizona in the NL West race and two and a half back of Philadelphia and Milwaukee for the final wildcard spot in the National League. The Rockies were beaten up by the Astros 12-1, so Colorado, like L.A., is a game and a half back in the NL West and two and a half back in the wild card. Cardinals have won eight straight, beating the Nationals 4-2. St. Louis is just one game back of that wild card spot in the National League. Braves over the Marlins 5-2. Atlanta remains two up on Philadelphia for first in the NL East. Phillies kept pace with a 7-4 win over the Red Sox. Cubs down the Brewers 8-4, so Chicago now has a three-game lead on Milwaukee for the NL Central lead. And in 12 innings, the Mariners shut off the A's 2-0. Seattle is two and a half back of Oakland for the final wild card spot in the American League. Oakland falls two back of Houston for the top spot in the AL West. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Good stuff as always. We are here live, Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Everybody reacting to the controversial Jalen Ramsey comments in a GQ article. We are breaking down each of the quarterback opinions that Jalen Ramsey has shared. So far, I've agreed with every one of them but Lamar Jackson. I think Danny G has got them all lined up as we continue to roll through. Uh, So... If, if, if they're that controversial, I bet a lot of you out there are listening to them broken down. You're like, I mean, I kind of agree with what the guy has said so far. Let's see if it continues. All right, a two for one here. Deshaun Watson, he says, he'll be the league MVP in a couple of years, 100%. There's not even a debate about that. Him and Carson Wentz, for every year starting now until five to ten years, it's going to be either one of them winning the MVP. They're that good. All right, uh, Carson Wentz, we didn't talk about this a lot yesterday, but is maybe going to be back in week one. We'll see whether or not he's 100% healthy to return coming off that uh, knee injury or whether the Eagles are going to stick with Nick Foles for week one. I agree Carson Wentz is really good. Deshaun Watson, I don't think, has played enough games to be as bullish on Deshaun Watson. But having said that, I don't think it's crazy to believe that Deshaun Watson is really good. I also don't think it's crazy to have a young quarterback that you're 100% convinced is going to be really outstanding. I just wouldn't be that aggressive on Deshaun Watson because I've seen too many quarterbacks kind of for the same reason. I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's done it for seven games. Deshaun Watson's done it for eight. I need to see you start more games. Because NFL defenses are great as you go from year one to year two at finding out what you did well and what you didn't do well and then making you do whatever you didn't do well over and over and over again, which is why we see so frequently a sophomore slump when it comes to NFL uh, quarterback performances. Having said that, still don't think anything is that controversial about what he said. Let's Let's keep rolling. All right, now he gets to the L.A. Rams. Jared Goff, he's average to above average, in my opinion. One, two, one, two. You guys got me? All right. So I think uh, that Clay got sniped. (laughs) He'll be back with us in just a moment. So, Eddie, I'm going to let you weigh in on Jared Goff and uh, what Jalen Ramsey thinks of him. 
Jared Goff, he's average to above average. He reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit. Year one, he wasn't good. He wasn't even good enough to earn his own starting role. Like, if you the number one pick, you expected to start right now, period. He wasn't ready to do that. He wasn't able to do that. Then when he did get in, he didn't really do that good. But in his second year, they got a new offensive coordinator. Your offensive coordinator is just a brainiac. When we played them, it felt like his offensive coordinator was drawing up perfect plays, and then he was hitting the open man. For what his team asked him to do, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I, w- I would agree for the most part with that. Um, obviously, Jared Goff had a tough first year. There were a lot of people uh, quick to react that he was a bust, that uh, this guy was a waste of a first-round pick. We know that being here in Los Angeles, Danny G. Yep. But uh, he had a, obviously a strong bounce back. Sean McVay comes in as head coach uh, as uh, – Jalen Ramsey called him the offensive coordinator. He's actually the the head coach of the Rams, uh, and certainly helped him out with his development. Uh, there was a lot of talk about how you know McVeigh was calling the plays and giving him kind of advice on the headset real quick, so he could help him out as well. But we'll see with Jared Goff. I mean, he took a big step forward. Can he be consistent? That's obviously the mark of an elite quarterback. We'll have to see what he does in year number three if he can re- duplicate what he did in in year number two. And by the way, Eddie, what coaching tree is Sean McVay from? Gruden coaching tree. Oh, I should have I known that. <laughs> well, Gruden gave McVay his first shot. It's going to be interesting on Saturday because the two are going to match up in a preseason game. So, Oh, yeah. One of those yeah. big yeah. preseason tilts. We can't wait. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next quarterback here, and then we'll let uh, Clay weigh in on uh, Goff and Dak Prescott, who was next up here with Jalen Ramsey. He says... Dak Prescott, he's good, he's all right, he's okay. I'll put it that way. Ezekiel Elliott runs that team, though. Everything runs through Zeke. Yeah, again, I think for the most part, you know, I'll echo what Clay said. Uh, We're all, you know, up in arms about uh, controversial comments. I think it's more just a guy giving his honest opinion. uh, And I'm sure there are people listening who will agree with some, disagree with others. Uh, You know, for example, I, I would agree with Clay about Lamar Jackson uh, and Jalen Ramsey as well. Now there's some others coming forward that I would disagree with, but I mean, for the most part, he's, I don't know if he's saying anything too outrageous so far. I mean, Dak Prescott obviously bursts on the scene when Tony Romo goes down, uh, you know, he's able to steal that job away from Romo. I think a lot of it because Romo couldn't stay healthy as well, but yeah, we, I think we all know that Ezekiel Elliott is the guy who uh, is going to carry the Cowboys as far as they go or not, but they're going to need Dak Prescott to make some plays in the passing game. So to say Dak Prescott right now is okay, not great, not terrible, I think that's not that's not a crazy statement. I think those two opinions are, again, not that controversial. It's crazy, guys. I mean, to me, when you look at the Jalen Ramsey opinions, when you actually break them down, They aren't actually that controversial. I think what this speaks to is just how rare it is for somebody to actually speak out and say what they legitimately think, even though most of what he said is not that controversial. I agree with him about Jared Goff. Who else did you just run through? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, look, I mean, the reason why I'm not a believer 100% in Jimmy Garoppolo and I'm not 100% a believer in Deshaun Watson is because of guys like Dak Prescott. He came in year one, looked phenomenal. All off-season NFL defenses set around and prepared for him. And then in year two, he was just okay. And so, to me, when you really break down all of these opinions, the only one that I've disagreed with so far of all of the Jalen Ramsey quarterback opinions is Lamar Jackson. 
We'll continue and hit you with the final few uh, when we come back. Final segment. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, we're breaking down Jalen Ramsey's controversial opinions here of quarterbacks. And so far, maybe it's because we're both controversial, but I've agreed pretty much with every one of his opinions except for the Lamar Jackson opinion. Uh, What else do we have uh, rolling through here? Who else we got, Danny G? (laughs) What about Kirk Cousins? I think he's good. I think he's a winner. He's a hell of a competitor. Coming off the play action, he's the best quarterback in the league play action passing he's a hell of a quarterback let's stop right there really quick clay is he the best quarterback in the league coming off the play action i am not an expert on play action passing peyton manning i would say used to be Uh the best quarterback in the league coming off play action i think i don't know what the data would reflect i mean a lot of times i think the best play action passers are the quarterbacks who have the best running back to be faking the ball too so I, I would guess if you were looking at the uh, at the data for who the best play action passer is, I would think there would be a argument for Dak Prescott because Ezekiel Elliott is such a focus of the defense trying to stop him. I would think that there's probably an argument that uh, I look. I bet Blake Bortles is decent play action passing wise because I think probably uh, a lot of teams of key on yep. Leonard Fournette and don't want to allow uh, you know they they want to stop Fournette as opposed and they're not worried about Blake Bortles throwing the ball as much. I would think that Drew Brees. Uh, you know, over time because of uh, of of what Alvin Kamara has been and everything else, that they would be decent. Uh, so I would say no, probably. But I do agree that Kirk Cousins is really good. And and right now, my favorite to win the uh, the Super Bowl would be the Minnesota Vikings. So I I Cousins has never won a playoff game. So I mean, the number of quarterbacks who've never won playoff it's hard to win a playoff game in the NFL. And so uh, I think he's a little bit ahead, again, of his skis on Kirk Cousins, much like he was with Deshaun Watson. But I think Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. And I think with incredible wide receivers like Diggs and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, oh, uh, Thielen, I think he's going to be really good uh, passing the football uh, with the Vikings this year. So uh, I don't think he's the best play-action quarterback, but I don't think it's an irrational, insane opinion. So I'm still kind of rolling with Ramsey. Ramsey continues – Derek Carr, I think he's good. Eli, it's not really Eli. I think it's Odell. I won't say Eli's good. I'll say Odell's good. And their connection is good. I think Russell Wilson is good. I think he's just a really good leader, too. Big Ben, I think he's decent at best. You want to stop right. stop and uh, address Yeah, I'll stop those? there. I All mean, right. I clearly disagree with Eli Manning and with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, both these guys are older quarterbacks, uh, but... I believe I'm not uh, losing, taking crazy pills here. Both these guys have won two Super Bowls, all right? The second Super Bowl that Ben Roethlisberger won, he won for them. He won that game. If you remember when they dueled against Kurt Warner, Ben Roethlisberger had a hell of a game. The first one that he won, I believe they beat uh, the Seahawks, didn't they? Wasn't that the Matt Hasselback Seahawks team? Uh, and they won despite Big Ben, but I think Ben Roethlisberger then was in like his second year in the NFL. I think that was the Super Bowl in Detroit where everybody was like, let's send the bus back home, and it turned into this ridiculous storyline. Having said that, Ben Roethlisberger is a hell of a quarterback. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Does he have a explosive offense uh, with uh, Antonio Brown and now with uh, LaShawn McCoy? There's no doubt, 
But Ben Roethlisberger, I think, has proven to the test of time that he is a really high-level elite quarterback. I think anybody who argues otherwise is crazy. I think Eli Manning won two Super Bowls going head-to-head against Tom Brady and made some big-time throws and big-time plays in those Super Bowls as well as in the playoffs to win those Super Bowls. I think it's crazy to say Odell Beckham Jr. makes Eli Manning when Odell Beckham Jr. was still in high school probably when Eli Manning won both of those games, uh, both of those Super Bowls. So I disagree there. I disagree on Eli Manning. I disagree on Ben Roethlisberger, and I disagree on Lamar Jackson. Uh, the other uh, the other quarterbacks I, d- I agree with so far. Anybody else that he broke down? Yeah, so he gets to Blake Bortles. All right. He's- oh, well, he's like, he, let's be honest here. I have given Jalen Ramsey a lot of credit for being giving his honest opinion so far. Yeah. He is lying when he's saying yeah. that he believes yeah. in Blake Bortles. But to be <laughs> fair, it's his teammate. What do you want him to say if he came out and said Bortles is trash or I don't believe in Blake Bortles? then it would be a major issue. And I would not defend him then because I do think publicly you have to support your teammates. But what did he say about Bortles? Well, let me back up just a little bit for the Steeler fans listening right now, Clay, because he had more to say about Big Ben. I wanted to get that in really quick. He says, it's not Big Ben, it's Antonio Brown. Big Ben slings the ball a lot of time, but he just slings it, and his receivers go get it. He has a strong arm, but he ain't all that. I played him twice last year, and he really disappointed me. He'll be in the Hall of Fame, but he ain't all that. Well, I mean, I think he's certainly going to be in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think there's any doubt Roethlisberger did not play that well against the Jags. I mean, the the, the Steelers lost two home games to the Jags, and uh, I think Steeler fans would say that Roethlisberger didn't play that well in those games. Um, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt at all. Now, in the second game, he also made a lot of plays, and that game ended up being pretty close. But, yeah, look, I mean, the I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't the Jags get up like 21 nothing in that game? Yeah. At that point, the, the game plan kind of gets tossed out the window, and you just have to start trying to score as best you can. And if I remember in that game, Roethlisberger basically did have to gun the ball all over the field and try to make plays. So... Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt there. Uh, I just think he played two poor games against Jalen Ramsey. Hall of Famer, but he ain't all that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then, what about your boy Blake Bortles? Blake, do what he got to do. I think in crunch time moments, like last year's playoff game, not as a team because we would have trusted him, but I think as an organization, we should have trusted him more to keep throwing it. We kind of got complacent and conservative, and I think that's why we lost. We started running it on first and second down, throwing it on third down every single time we were out there. The Patriots caught on to that. I agree with all of that. I think that's probably our number one comment when we came in and broke down the AFC championship game. It was that the the, uh, the Jags had the Patriots on the ropes, and then they went conservative when it looked like uh, they thought they were going to win. They couldn't quite snatch victory. They tried to tiptoe their way to victory instead of grabbing it. So I agree with that analysis. And again, I think it's crazy to expect Jalen Ramsey to rip his quarterback right before the season is going to start. Who else did he talk about? Okay, let's go to Matt Ryan. He says, 
I think Matt Ryan's overrated. You can't tell me you win MVP two years ago, and then last year you suddenly a complete bust, and you still got Julio Jones? There's no way that should ever happen. I don't care. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Kyle Shanahan left, went to San Francisco, got Garoppolo, made Garoppolo the big thing, and now Garoppolo is a big name. So he's saying Matt Ryan was yeah. yeah was a product yeah he's not a he's not a system quarterback is effectively what he's saying but I do think that that offense for the Falcons suffered when Steve Sarkeesian took over as the offensive coordinator and Kyle Shanahan left I don't think that's crazy now the uh, Falcons were throwing into the end zone in Philadelphia and Julio Jones came within inches maybe Julio even believes he should have made that catch to knocking out the Philadelphia Eagles in the wild card round of the playoffs, in which case Atlanta would have been well on their way to another run. I think Matt Ryan's a really, really good quarterback. I think he was certainly hurt by the transition at offensive coordinator this year. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, Anybody else? Nick Foles. He won them a Super Bowl, so he's good enough to do that. He had a hell of a good team, though. But as long as you can do what the team asks you to do, then you're straight. Like people say, Blake sucks. He took us to the AFC Championship yeah. game off strictly doing what was just being asked of him, not turning the ball over, running Leonard to death, letting the defense get some turnovers, and putting us in a good field position to capitalize on. I agree with that on Foles. Is that everybody we broke down? Just about Ryan Tannehill. He says, I don't know much about him, but I yeah. haven't heard the greatest stuff about him. I don't know him personally so i can't tell you i don't watch their games either philip rivers i think he's all right (laughs) and then that's when he started ranting about matt ryan so i disagree with three of his takes i disagree with big ben i disagree with eli manning and i disagree with lamar jackson otherwise i don't even think they're that controversial hour two we'll talk about plunking and baseball i'm clay travis this is outkick the coverage be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We're going to be joined by John Morosi in the next segment. We're going to break down the near baseball brawl between the uh, Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves. We will be on that. We will dive into it. But we forgot to talk about Jalen Ramsey's opinion of Andrew Luck. A lot of you hitting me with that on Twitter. And I'm a big believer in Andrew Luck off the, off the top. I believe when Andrew Luck is healthy, he's as good of a quarterback, young quarterback, as there is in the NFL. We know that he's had success in the playoffs already and taken the Indianapolis Colts to the AFC Championship game. I think if Andrew Luck, if you told me Andrew Luck for the next 10 years is going to be healthy, and that's really the question on Andrew Luck. If you told me for the next 10 years he was going to be healthy, I have zero doubt, zero doubt at all that Andrew Luck would win a Super Bowl. That's how confident I am in Andrew Luck's ability when he's healthy. The question with him is whether or not he's healthy. But what did Jalen Ramsey say, Danny G? Yeah, sorry, Colts fans. We didn't mean to leave your quarterback out. He thinks he sucks too. I don't really think he's that good, Ramsey told GQ. Him and T.Y. have a really good connection. They've had a good connection in the past. That made him stand out a little bit more. But I don't think he's good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's ludicrous. I I think that is a uh, crazy reaction. Now, there were some fun reactions. I said this was great for the NFL in general to have all of these different uh, kind of players reacting 
to uh, to these opinions. Uh, Eli Manning was asked about, I'm going to read you a couple of quotes. These are pretty good. Eli Manning, everybody's been asked. Uh, the Josh Allen comments were really boring. I'm not even going to play those for you. Josh Allen got ripped by Jalen Ramsey, and he basically said, uh, whatever, like he said the typical uh, NFL response. These, I thought, were pretty funny. So Eli Manning was asked about it. We don't have good audio of this, but Eli Manning was asked about uh, about the response, and he said this, and this is why I think it's good for the NFL. Uh, Eli was uh, – Jalen Ramsey said Eli's success is a product of Odell Beckham Jr. Manning said no comment, paused for a moment, then deadpanned who? That's pretty good. I can't wait for their first uh, – that, that's the game, the first uh, week opponent – and then, uh, did, let's see, also Golden Tate said uh, he has uh, Matthew Stafford comments. He has his opinion. I don't know. When's the last time they played us? Reporter, two years ago. Uh, Tate, what happened? Reporter, the Lions won and he, Jalen Ramsey, was crying on the bench. Oh, says Golden Tate. That's pretty devastating uh, response. That's pretty great um, and really funny in general. Uh, Golden Tate, by the way, this is funnier as well because Jalen Ramsey is dating Golden Tate's uh, uh, sister. Yeah. And that's actually the way the article begins. Golden Tate is also from Nashville. Uh, we used to have some of the uh, the Tate family on the show fairly regularly. Uh, his brother, Wesley, uh, when I did my local Nashville show, the Tate family's pretty outstanding. Uh, his brother, Wesley, played at, uh, at Vanderbilt. So that's a funny comment because those families and those guys actually know each other. Uh, we also had an interesting question we were talking about, uh, or Jalen Ramsey was talking about Kirk Cousins on play action, how good he is. Last year on play action. Let me guess, Tom Brady? No. No? No, no, no. no. Oh, wow. The top four players on play action quarterbacking last year. Matthew Stafford is number one overall. Crazy. Kirk Cousins is number two overall, who uh, who uh, he said was so good. Jalen Ramsey said Kirk Cousins was so good on play action. Drew Brees, who we mentioned as a guy that would probably have been pretty good on play action, was third. Guess who was fourth? My guy, Marcus Mariota, baby, uh, was in the fourth slot. Then Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Jay Cutler, Alex Smith, and Phillip Rivers would have been your best play-action passers last year, your worst quarterbacks on play-action. Deshaun Kaiser, I mean, he wasn't very good on any type of uh, pa- passing regardless. Tom Savage, Joe Flacco, Brett Hundley, and Derek Carr were all the worst quarterbacks on play action. So I thought that was intriguing. <laughs> Last uh, year, the Raiders general. didn't run any play action. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and that certainly uh, probably factors in as well. Now, I want to go. We're going to talk with uh, with uh, our guy, John Morosi, as we do every week to break down baseball. But I was watching last night, uh, and I rarely watch regular season baseball, but I was paying attention uh, because the Braves have turned into a pretty entertaining team. And uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is on a roll. He's homered in five straight games. Uh, The last three were against the Marlins. So first batter, first pitch, we get an absolute intentional uh, uh, thrown, I believe. The the guy hit him intentionally. uh, The the Miami starter was Jose Arena. He hits him right in the elbow. It looks kind of bad. The bench is clear. Acuna did not rush the mound. But to me, this is a intriguing question in general. Why in the world, to be honest with you, do we still allow pitchers to intentionally hit batters in Major League Baseball? I've been saying this for years. I think at some point in time, a pitcher, and by the way, 
uh, Arena threw. This was the hardest pitch he'd ever thrown to open a uh, to open a game. So, in addition to the fact that he hit him, he hit him right near the elbow. Fortunately, the X-rays were negative. But this was bush league. This was really an ugly situation. I think it's impossible to defend it. And in my opinion, I think that Major League Baseball at some point in time is going to have a really, really serious injury. And when that really, really serious injury happens for a batter, people are going to say, why in the world did we ever allow pitchers to throw at batters in any way? To me, this is assault. This is battery. This is something that Major League Baseball could eliminate in a heartbeat if they wanted to. This is something that should not exist. Look at the NBA. The NBA had issues in the malice in the palace when Ron Artest went into the crowd. The NBA basically said, we are going to eliminate fighting in our game by implementing draconian penalties. These penalties that if you leave the bench, and remember the the team that paid the price for it the most, I'm sorry Phoenix Suns fans, was back in the day when Steve Nash got checked into the scoreboard by, I believe it was Robert Ory, in the series between the Spurs and uh, and the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, I believe, would have won that series. But Amari Stoudemire came off the bench. They suspended him for game six, if I remember correctly. Game six was back home in Phoenix. The Suns lost that game, and then the Spurs went on and won that game. And I think the Spurs won the championship that year. I'm not 100% certain. But I think effectively they took away the Phoenix Suns championship. But as a result, the NBA almost never has any kind of acts of physical violence, right? You get guys who shove each other every now now and then. There's lots of jawing. But on-the-court fighting almost never exists. College basketball. College basketball has a rule. If you punch once, you get a substantial suspension. If you throw two punches, you're out for the year. And as a result, it's almost unheard of for somebody to be involved in physical violence in college basketball or the NBA. Why in the world is baseball still allowing pitchers to intentionally hit batters? The unwritten rules, old school baseball guy, I think this is insanely dumb because I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think the game of baseball would be harmed in any way if when a pitcher intentionally hits a batter, that pitcher were thrown out I think that what Major League Baseball should do with this incident, I think they should start to send a message. I think they should suspend Jose Arena for like 40 games. Take away his paycheck. Let it be known that if they believe a pitcher intentionally throws at a batter, and again, it's hard sometimes to know, so I would give leeway to the umpires, but to me, when Arena drops his glove and is ready to fight, and when you hit a guy with the opening pitch of the baseball game and you do it right where he hit him, I think it's impossible to defend Arena. I think it's impossible to defend the unwritten rules of baseball. I think what happens is baseball guys get bored because they play 162 games, so they need to find a reason to feud. They need to have a reason to not get along with each other, and I think that is the reason why this continues to happen. Do you guys agree with me? I'm going to bring in the crew, um, and we're going to talk. I'll ask John Morosi about this, one of the foremost experts who covers baseball uh, in the country. But Danny G, do you agree with me that if baseball were smart, they would do away with this trend of allowing a pitcher 
to intentionally hit a batter. I think it's dangerous. I think it's bad for the game. It leads to bench-clearing brawls, which could have serious consequences at some point. I just think it's bad for the game of baseball overall. I disagree with you, and the reason why is the fans like this. I was at an L.A. sports bar last night. The Dodgers, thanks to Channel 5, have been on for the entire city to watch. So suddenly, the Dodgers game was on every bar here in L.A., and tons of people were watching the game, Clay, as if they had never seen baseball before in awe. By the way, the reason why you're saying it's like thanks to Channel 5 the game was actually on is because there has been – how many years has this Um, been now, the feud over the the sports rights fee for for Dodger fans and whether or not your cable company – I want to say five or six seasons now. I mean, it's crazy how long that battle has been going on. There's there's a – the companies can't agree. And so what percent – like 30% of L.A. cable and satellite subscribers actually have access to Dodger games at home? Yeah, so half – a little bit over half have access to the games – but suddenly now, uh, thanks to KTLA 5, the whole city could watch in uh, as the Dodgers face the hated Giants. Now, a couple games ago, Clay, Puig got hit, and there was yep. a bench-clearing shoving match. So here's me watching the game. All these Dodger fans are watching the game last night at the sports bar. And this lady sitting up at the bar is screaming at the TV, come on, hit him, hit Puig, throw at him again, hit him. She's a Dodgers fan, and she's asking for the Giants pitcher to hit Puig because she wanted to see action. Now, that's the thing about baseball. People love to see the benches clear. And Yeah, I understand that it's like entertaining. I think it's bad for the sport, and I think at some point you're going to have an injury. I feel the but same but way, otherwise, it's not that exciting to a lot of people because of how baseball is so regional and kind of slow in what everybody says yeah. is a and boring right. sport. Like, there's a 0% chance we would have talked about Braves-Marlins unless we had a benches-clearing brawl and unless we had somebody get hit like this. So uh, what about you, Eddie Garcia? You uh, agree or disagree with me that baseball needs to get a control of this? Well, I, I think you know there's always going to be like black and white and gray involved in this. Like If you're throwing at somebody's head and you believe it's intentional, then yeah, that's something that's incredibly dangerous, can end someone's career and possibly even their life. But I think pitching inside has to be a part of baseball. And if somebody gets hit on the elbow or the wrist or something like that, that's just part of the game. I, yeah, I, don't I want understand if out. it's un. Yeah, I totally understand if it's unintentional and you're trying to protect the plate. He hit him on purpose to start the game. Probably yes. Probably so. I, I understand. Like yes, you can't take away the occasional hit batter. But to me, what I'm talking about is when you can look at it and say, that was intentional. Like, I think that the, the, the stats said there's only been four or five times in the history of baseball that a pitcher has begun a game with his first pitch and hit a batter, and every single time the umpires have thrown out the pitcher. So, I mean, if your first pitch of your game is a fastball and it plunks somebody, to me, there's no doubt that you are doing it intentionally. What about you, Roberto? What do you think? I think you're getting soft on me, Clay. What's going on here? <laughs> I'm so, this is a pussy willow take by me. I understand that if I, check, if I check Twitter, there's going to be a bunch of people telling me d I just don't think it's smart for baseball. And again, I understand the argument of, hey, you're talking about baseball because guys are throwing at each other. Yeah, but I still don't think it's smart. And I'm at least consistent. I also don't like I, – I, I will go watch NHL uh, hockey games. I also don't like when NHL teams allow guys to fight. It's just like hockey is like – it's part of the game. Like Players are going to police themselves. So I just feel it's like, it's like hockey It's going to happen, and, and I don't think it's going to change. Hockey makes more sense to me 
because I, I'm not – first of all, I never played hockey, so I don't understand the sport in the way that somebody who would have played. But I understand that there is a code by which hockey is played, and you've got to protect the code. I don't know that the baseball code is as important. In other words, if you, t- if you took away enforcers and hockey and everything else – People argue with me who know hockey better than I do that the game would be a lot uglier, and so this is a necessary evil in hockey. Now, my pushback on that would be they never fight in the Olympics, and that's a pretty entertaining brand of hockey to watch. So I think it's all about the expectations. You can get something in a sport to change if you institute punishments that make players take note of the significance of their actions. So we'll ask John Morosi about this. Also, you can weigh in and tell me I'm a pussy willow and tell me DBAP because I think you need to stop players from being intentionally thrown at by pitchers. Uh, But we'll see what John Morosi thinks about this. We'll also talk about, this is a cool story, Elon Musk is going to build a tunnel in in LA to allow Dodger fans to get to games faster. I love this story. I love Elon Musk in general. I love to follow Tesla and SpaceX and everything else around him. I read this great book about Elon Musk. I love that he's stepping in and they are going to uh, evidently potentially be building this tunnel. We're going to talk about this. We're also going to talk about it with my guy Petros Papadegas who will join us in hour three. But up next it is my guy John Morosi. We're going to break down everything going on in baseball and I'll ask him about the throwing at the batter situation, as well as uh, as all the drama there. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We're joined usually every single Thursday by John Morosi, Breakdown Baseball. We got some baseball stories to hit with the Marlins and the uh, Braves, as well as the Dodgers and the Giants going at it, throwing at each other, all sorts of drama surrounding that. Uh, John, I just asked the question. Should baseball do something about batters being thrown at intentionally? In other words, I always say that if you really want to stop a behavior, your punishment dictates whether or not you really want to stop it. And I don't think baseball wants to stop pitchers from throwing at batters because if they did, college basketball and the NBA, for example, have basically taken all fighting out of the game by instituting such substantial penalties that players have adjusted their behavior. Hockey hasn't been willing to do that, and baseball hasn't been willing to do that. Should baseball do something about pitchers throwing at batters? Well, I think the penalty has to be severe. And and when you think about that, I, I would say because it's a starting pitcher, which, which means if you want to have a miss – two games, uh, or two starts rather, you have to basically suspend them for 10 games. I, I think 10 games is appropriate. I mean, this, we're at a, at a spot, Clay, where, where this, this player, in the case of Acuna, he, he did nothing wrong. He, he's done nothing other than just be a great young player in the game and be a great star. And so when you, when you have a scenario where you're allowing pitchers to just hit hitters because they don't like the fact that they're having success, I mean that that is that is something you have to get out of the game entirely, um, and so to your point, I I think at least ten games and probably longer than that. You you cannot you cannot just say, well, we're going to make them feel uncomfortable at the plate. We're going to throw them inside, and then you hit them, and then all of a sudden he's he's out for however long. And obviously we don't know yet exactly how, how long that may be, and, and hopefully it's not long at all. But the the point is. That, that this is not something you can have in a game that talks so much about wanting to promote its young stars. And you and I, Clay, during the course of the year, talk about this a lot, about baseball's need to really 
find ways to to increase the star power and, and really engage with young people. But but if, if you're going to do that, you've got to have your best players on the field. So you can't have them getting hit for reasons that are really only the fact they're having success. That's that is not a, a reasonable and, and appropriate and fair uh, cause and action for for getting hit with a baseball. Don Mattingly said that he basically he didn't have anything to do with this, that he wasn't sure if he was intentionally throwing everything else. In your experience, is this something that an individual pitcher decides to do on his own? That seems to me unlikely. Do you buy into the idea that the Marlins had no idea that he was going to throw and hit him with the first pitch of the game? Clay, to me, first pitch of the game, uh, this was not something that, that he would have been doing totally on his own. Now, is it plausible that it came from a veteran player in the in the clubhouse, or, or maybe a, someone in the coaching staff that that uh, maybe gives Don Madley a bit of uh, deniability. Yes, it's possible, uh, and, and I think in some cases it, it doesn't come directly from the manager. Hey, we need you to hit this guy. But there are some ways that the message can be relayed with a wink and a nod that sort of says, "Hey, we think you should do something about how comfortable he is right now." Obviously, to do it on the first pitch of the game is a pretty brazen approach and obviously makes it hard to deny it. If it's the, if it's his third or fourth plate appearance and it's in a different count, maybe you've got the ability to deny that, um, that action. But the way that it happened is, is pretty, pretty hard to, pretty hard to make that point. I mean, it's, it's a, and again, it's something the game should not allow to happen, but when you have allowed it to get to this point for a long time, culturally, it becomes hard to say. Well, it's it's okay if you hit somebody when there have been two uh, hit by pitches against me. Uh, I'll hit somebody in the seventh inning, and and we're gonna hit them hit them in the you know in the hind quarters and you know on, on the rear end and let him go to first base. And and that's quote unquote the right way to handle it. But then when this happens here and, and it's a potential injury situation, that's the wrong way to handle things. When, when you've allowed it to be an unwritten rule that's interpreted different ways. Over a long period of time, uh, you will you open yourself up to something happening the way that it occurred last night. All right, let me just give you a hypothetical because oftentimes I think we are moved by excessive outcome of uh, like an unexpected uh, awfulness, but it's expected if you look back at all of the the lead up. And that may be a poor way of phrasing this, so let me just give you the hypothetical: player gets hit in the head. It's clear that it's an intentional pitch. The player is uh, maybe, let's say, he's trying to, to, to drop down. Whatever happens, he gets hit in the head, and he's severely injured. And everybody takes a step back, and they say, well, my God. Like, I mean, if you get hit in the head by a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, you could die, right? I mean, that is possible sure. to happen. Yeah. Um, if a severe injury happens, and it is clear that it is intentional, is that what it would really take for baseball to go back and look at these uh, look at these rules about unwritten rules about when you can hit guys and when you can't, and for baseball to just say, "Hey, this is not going to happen anymore." And the reason why I give you that hypothetical is when we saw Ron Artest. You're in the Michigan area. You remember this, right. I'm sure. The malice in the palace. When we saw Ron Artest go into the crowd and the brawl that ensued between the uh, the Pistons and the uh, and, and the uh, Pacers back yeah, the in the Pacers. day, yeah. David Stern basically said, 
no, this can never happen again, and he implemented rules which, to his credit, have basically ensured that brawls in the NBA will never happen. Now, there is the added little element of the NBA brawl, which is fans can end up in the middle of a brawl, right? Because they're literally right on top of the court. So the danger and liability and everything else is maybe different than it is in any other sport because no other sport are you as close to the athletes as you are in the NBA. But the NBA made it come to an end. And I'm sure there had been debates in the NBA before about, hey, how should we address fighting and everything else? And then this one incident happens and it is the uh, it is the launch point. It is the uh, the trigger where everything has to change from that point going forward. Is that what really would have to happen in baseball? We'd have to have a malice in the palace style incident involving a player being hit intentionally? Maybe. Uh, and that's a very fair point, Clay. I think that Part of this, though, is 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 this that that throwing inside, quote unquote, and and there is some not in this case, by the way, because I think I think with Acuna it was very clearly on purpose. Uh, throwing inside in general is, according to many pitchers and pitching coaches and managers, it's a very important thing to do uh, to have success in the game because that that allows you to prevent the the hitter from quote unquote diving across the plate. And, and being able to effectively dominate that area of the strike zone by never being afraid of the ball coming in. And so fear is part of the, the toolkit of the pitcher. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't make it feel comfortable for all of us to, to look at and know that, wow, like a, a hitter could be you know, struck down by, by a pitch and, and have his life change. But it, it's some small percentage of it is is part of the way that the, the game's strategy exists from a standpoint of throwing inside not on not throwing inside to hit somebody but throwing inside to throw inside because that that moves them quote unquote off the plate moves their feet there are there are reasons why strategically that has to be able to occur and so that's why if you see games that are played under warning a lot of times everybody gets upset because then a pitcher feels like, well, throwing the inside two-seamer is part of my game, and if I hit somebody unintentionally, then I'm going to get ejected, and, and my, my team's going to be at a disadvantage. So there's, there, are, there are cases where pitchers do so rather innocently, where, where they are legitimately trying to throw inside, and they'll hit somebody, and sometimes they'll get ejected, and it's not really their fault. Usually, though, Clay, the umpire knows. The umpire... This is where we talk about robo-umps and, and different ways of uh, automating the strike zone. The umpires, the good ones at least, they understand the rhythm of the game. They understand, they understand the pitcher, what his stuff is. They understand how to try to get these guys out individually. And so they usually know, okay, that was on purpose. Or, you know what, he was just trying to throw a two-seamer in that just ran a little bit and it hit him, hit him on the, the wrist, and that was not on purpose. Uh, I, I think that that to do it with the first pitch of the game is a little, little cheeky. Uh, that, that that I think will, will not uh, will not be able to escape without penalty here. But I, I think to your point, Clay, it's just, it's a really difficult thing to legislate because you're legislating intent when hitting someone on purpose and hitting someone with a uh, with a fastball that ran in sometimes doesn't look all that. Uh, I mean, sometimes looks pretty similar. I mean, so it's it's really hard. It's really really hard to, to legislate that. Baseball's got a problem with it, and and they do. I think the one thing they should probably do, Clay, is when they know, or at least with with a 
very high degree of, of confidence that something was, in fact, on purpose, that person should be suspended to a very extreme degree that would discourage other purposeful pitches in, in the same way. We're talking to John Morosi. John, the other thing you can say is, and people out there listening may say, Clay, you're talking about baseball, <laughs> right? right? I mean, we talked, we opened talking about Jalen Ramsey, and then we talked about the situation that happened last night between the Braves and the Marlins. First pitch, uh, beanball, uh, pitcher gets ejected. Is that good for baseball? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. And, and here's why. And, and this is, it's a fair, it's a fair question. And, and, and I, I kind of have the same interaction with, uh, with hockey on it as well. And hockey is a separate topic. But yep. if you're if you're if we're talking about it for for a reason that's not germane to an enduring interest in the sport, um, and this this actually I think another example of this is the home plate collision scenario, which which is, which has inspired a lot of debate in baseball. And the hard slides into second, same thing. If 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 this is what it takes people or a fan to get excited about baseball, I, I don't think it's a really an enduring connection. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's debate, but but if if somebody's interested in this discussion that we're having right now, which I hope they are, by the way, I hope that, uh, yeah, me uh, too. Hope, Join the club. Hope, we're yeah. doing a good job, uh, <laughs> but I I don't know that it's going to make people say, you know what, I, I want to tune in at at seven o'clock on you know on on, on Fox Sports South and, and watch Ronald Acuna Jr. or on on your on your app. I mean, I hope it does, but I think that that if you're if you're making a point of watching these young stars in the game, it's for a reason that's not that that you were stimulated by a debate about them being hit. I, I think that uh, baseball has got to do a better job of, uh, and everybody involved in the game, myself included, um, we got to talk talk about and celebrate the stars and encourage and embolden them to be themselves in a way that draws in young people as opposed to uh, when, when controversies in a negative way happen, that it draws eyeballs. I, I think that uh, um, it's a fair question, but I, I would say very few people will will fall in love or fall back in love with this game or the Braves or Acuna based on the, the, the current debate about whether or not he was hit on purpose or, or in, the, in the very likely event that he was, what the proper uh, disciplinary action would be. All right. Are the Braves, in your opinion, the favorites in the NL East at this point? They're 8-2 and two, uh, in their last 10. They have opened up a two-game lead on the Phillies. It appears that the Washington Nationals are just going to basically be a 500 team. They are now nine games out. Don't want to say they're officially done, but it feels like they're done. Uh, is this between the Braves and the Phillies? Who would you make the favorite right now as we come uh, down the final 40-ish games of the regular season? It's a great question. I think that for me, I would say the Braves. I'm a little bit worried about their rotation's health, where, of course, they've lost Mike Soroka and others here for a period of time. But I think that for now, they they their rotation is solid enough, and I think the rest of their club, I like the fact that they've got Freddie Freeman, they've got Nick Barkakis, they've got some veteran players that I think will help this team close very well in the season. Uh, I think behind the plate with Flowers and Suzuki, I, and, and, just, and then just the young talent, the sheer talent of Albies and Acuna. Camargo's a really nice young player. Swanson, um, th- there's a lot to like with this, with this club. So I, I think for me, Clay, I, I, I would go with, with Atlanta. And, and yes, I think the Nationals are out of this thing, as crazy as it is to say it. 
um, you know, the last several days, the, the, the excruciatingly tough losses they've had, um, they, they fired or let go Dusty Baker, didn't renew his contract after last season, and I think that they may now be regretting it a little bit. They, they've made, they've made some, uh, I think, some incorrect decisions over time. You can even go back six years ago to the Strasburg shutdown, which I still, which I did not agree with then and don't agree with now. Um, they're now about to. When you take a step back, Clay, I think it's important to kind of look at this as it's as this era. Harper is going to be a free agent without this team ever advancing out of the first round of the playoffs. And and part of the rationale on the Strasburg thing was yes that they felt like it was the right thing for the player, but they believed they were entering a time when when they were going to have multiple chances to win a World Series with, during the Strasburg Harper era. And at least with the two of them together before free agency, that era ends this year, and it's it's going to be the the Braves or the Phillies, uh, an upstart young team with a lot of charisma, uh, winning the National League East, and and the Nationals have a ton of questions in front of them about what their future looks like. Rapidly here, quickly for you, John Morosi, Red Sox or the field right now, who you got? <laughs> okay, this is a great question, Clay, because it's uh, I would take the field just because uh, the Red Sox, I don't think they've got a better than 50% chance to, to win, but if any team ever did entering the playoffs, it would be a team that's on pace to tie or challenge or maybe surpass that 116 win total by the Seattle Mariners in 2001. Outstanding stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend, my man. My pleasure, Clay. Great, uh, great interview as always, my friend. You always, you're always asking the right questions. You keep me on my toes every morning, and I appreciate that. Thanks so much. <laughs> we appreciate you as well. It's John Morosi. Go follow him on Twitter. Let me bring in Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. All right, some good baseball talk. Let's give you some baseball scores. The Dodgers walk off with a 4-3 win over the Giants in 12 innings. LA is a game and a half back of Idol Arizona in the NL West and two and a half out of a wild card spot. Astros beat up on the Rockies 12-1. Colorado also, like LA, is a game and a half out in the NL West and two and a half out in the wild card race. Cardinals have won eight in a row. They beat the Nationals 4-2. St. Louis is one game out of a wild card spot in the NL. Braves over the Marlins 5-2. Atlanta remains two up on Philadelphia first in the NL East with the Phillies knocking off the Red Sox 7-4. Cubs beat the Brewers 8-4. Chicago now with a three-game lead on Milwaukee top the NL Central. And in 12 innings, the Mariners beat the A's 2-0. Seattle moves two and a half back of Oakland for the final wild card spot in the American League. Oakland drops two back of Houston for the top spot in the AL West. This report's brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Good stuff. Final segment, hour two. Eight NFL games on tap tonight. Which ones are we looking forward to the most? We'll break them down for you next on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. With True Price from TrueCar, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you ever visit a dealership. The True Price includes all dealer fees and accessories. TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the car you want. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident and your certified dealers know this. So they set their True Price competitively so they can win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to TrueCar users by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. There are over 15,000 TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. TrueCar users save an average of over three grand off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. NFL Week 2 preseason action going on 
tonight. We've got eight different games. Eagles, Patriots, Jets, Redskins, Steelers, Packers, Chiefs, Falcons, Giants, Lions, Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Panthers, Cardinals, Saints. Without a shadow, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I believe, the most intriguing game to watch tonight, Bills at Browns. I mean, come on. You got Josh Allen, who was just called out by Jalen Ramsey and called trash. Uh, you've got the battle for the quarterback position uh, with the Buffalo Bills. Who is going to be the quarterback? Josh Allen, Nate Peterman, or A.J. McCarron. It's a three-way battle. I don't think there's a massive favorite right now. In the Browns, you've got hard knocks going on. Tyrod Taylor came out, had a perfect passer rating. Baker Mayfield looked really good. How will each of these young quarterbacks do? To me, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that is the best game going on tonight in the NFL action. And again, there's eight different games, 16 teams in action. I know a lot of you out there. Uh, what's that? Your game is actually tomorrow night. No. Oh, no? man, I blew it. Yeah, you I blew did. it. Yeah, I, Thursday. I, that's a, yeah, that's a total I wish we were, by me. I wish we were on Friday. You did I this wish last it was Friday. I know last week, remember, I think it was Tuesday, and you were like, Happy Friday. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, yeah, what? I was ahead of the thing. I'm looking at the <laughs> at the schedule right now. There's only three games tonight. Three tonight, and then you got the other five tomorrow night. All right, tomorrow, early preview that I just gave <laughs> you there. By far the best game on Friday night. Go ahead and buckle in. Bills Browns, Friday night, Josh Allen against Baker Mayfield. All right, so that's going on Friday night. Yeah. The actual game tonight, you got a rematch of the Super Bowl and the Eagles and the Patriots, but you question whether any of the big-time uh, playmakers are going to be playing. You got Jets, Redskins. I mean, I, I think that's probably can, uh, interesting because Sam Darnold. I would say that's probably – the. I understand people who are like, oh, it's a Super Bowl rematch. Well, what would you guys say? I think Jets, Redskins, because I think mm -hmm. Sam Darnold by far is the most interesting storyline of tonight's games. He looked really good in his game that I think they played on Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken, the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold looked very good. I think Sam Darnold's going to win this starting job for the Jets, and uh, I think he's going to look pretty outstanding. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, definitely the Jets and the Redskins, and let's start with the Redskins. Alex Smith and that offense, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do without Kirk Cousins, and we know they have a good defense, but their offense was always, you know, off and on, back and forth with Cousins. They would look amazing one week, and the next week they looked very average. So the Redskins are kind of an intriguing team this this year because they're a question mark. Now, Sam Darnold, all of the, the hoopla around camp, and is he going to be the starter? Should they not have him start the season? Why would you let him get beat up at the beginning of the year? But he looked so good in week one, and that, the word he kept using was awesome. It was awesome. It was really awesome, yeah. Clay. Now, is it worth it for them to – he is the new face of the franchise, but is it worth it for them to throw him out there in week one? Yeah, I would. I mean, look, I think Sam Darnold when – I, when I kind of fell in love with Sam Darnold as a quarterback – it was in his – and there's a lot of people out there who are going to say the same thing. It was in his performance against Penn State in the Rose Bowl. And if you remember, the dude was just on fire. And he threw – did that game go to overtime? I feel like that game went to overtime. Um, I can't remember exactly whether it went to overtime or not, but I think it did. And he made a pass to win the game. And when you looked at him in the post game, he looked stone cold like an assassin. He looked like a guy who's in the Navy SEALs. And remember we had the guy on from the Navy SEALs who killed bin Laden, and he was like, yeah, that's just kind of what we do. He was otherworldly. I mean, we use the phrase ice water in his veins, I think, too, too frequently. 
But he didn't even look like his pulse rate had increased at all, and he just put up one of the greatest performances in the history of the Rose Bowl game as a redshirt freshman. And from that point forward, I said, this guy's going to be something special. He reminds me of Andrew Luck before Andrew Luck had his issues uh, with the shoulder. I think he's going to be really, really good, and I think the Jets have to be very excited about him, and I would go ahead and throw him out there. And uh, I think he's going to look good tonight. We'll see how he does on the road against the Redskins. But if I were the Jets, I would go ahead and, and pencil in Sam Darnold as my starter and be prepared for him to start week one. Maybe a little bit risky, but it's not like you have a guy that you feel very comfortable about. Whereas it seems like the Browns and Hugh Jackson feel comfortable in Tyrod Taylor. I'm not sure there's that same kind of comfort level with Josh McCown with the Jets. So we'll talk about that. Hour three, Petros Papadakis next on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. A couple of big stories that we are chasing as the morning continues to unspool. One, Jalen Ramsey tees off on all of the NFL quarterbacks, 24 of the 32. We'll dive into what exactly he said, break down our opinions of his opinions, and I'll tell you why I believe it was outstanding for the NFL. Also, Major League Baseball brawl, a game begins in Atlanta with Miami Marlins pitcher uh, plunking uh, Acuna Jr., who's been on an absolute roll. He hit three home runs in a row against the uh, Miami Marlins. Very first pitch of the game, Jose Arena right into near the elbow area. Ignites, uh, first of all, he's kicked out of the game, the fourth pitcher to ever begin a game with a uh, with a hits bat, hit batsman like that. And uh, the bench is clear and everything else and the ongoing drama of should you allow a pitcher to throw intentionally at a baseball player, especially here where you have a uh, 20-year-old who's on an absolute roll for the Braves who have opened up a two-game lead. By the way, got a four-game sweep over the Marlins. Maybe the biggest surprise and the most exciting part of the season for the Braves is how young they are and how ahead of the curve they are. Maybe they're going to end up winning the NL East. We'll see what happens there. But in the meantime, we will break all that down. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I I said this uh, in hour one. I said that somewhere along the line, the number one adjective that gets applied to me is controversial. It doesn't matter any article that's written about me. Somebody's, they always say, oh, the controversial Clay Travis. Like, nobody ever says the controversial Dan Patrick or the controversial, usually, Colin Cowherd. I'm not sure anybody else in sports talk or radio gets called controversial in every article that's written about them. And every time that happens, I always think it's kind of interesting because I don't find myself to be remotely controversial. All I do is sit down and tell you exactly what my opinion is for three hours. You may agree with it. You may disagree with it. But I don't think any of my opinions are particularly controversial. And so I'm always intrigued by how people get branded and by sometimes the way that the quote-unquote mainstream media decides to put the word or an adjective in front of everybody and then everybody just keeps using it even though it might not apply. Like, do you guys think, you guys in the LA studio, let me bring you guys up. Do you think I'm particularly controversial? Like, you never hear somebody say, oh, Doug Gottlieb, he's controversial. Or Colin Cowherd, he's controversial. Or Dan Patrick, he's controversial. 
am I more controversial than those guys? I think it's code for telling the truth and moving the needle as far as getting attention. So when you were on CNN yeah. and you said the word boobs, oh, controversial. And But then all the But is it controversial? comments. And, and that's no, what I it was It's funny. It wasn't like, controversial. Is it controversial no. that heterosexual men like boobs? Like every single guy who's listening <laughs> no. to this show right now. No, but a lot of people's comments on social media after you did that were to the effect of, you'd have to be a boob to say a boobs on TV. What's this guy thinking? He just wants attention. And so because of that, I think people use the word controversial. But what I would say is, I think controversial, I think you hit on it to a certain extent. I, well, I'll ask the other two. Do you guys, like, Eddie, you like you do updates all day. Am I infinitely more controversial than anybody else who does sports talk radio? Because I guarantee you the word controversial gets applied to me more than anybody else who does nationwide sports talk radio. I, I think controversial is code for someone who doesn't go along with the mainstream thoughts on controversial topics. So, to so, so and, and what I think about that, Roberto, anything else like for you? I mean, you're new to the show, yeah, but you but may have been like before, I, before I, uh, I started working here on, on your show, uh, you hear that, oh, Clay is controversial. But being here, uh, I don't I don't get that. I don't get that feeling that you're. Controversial. And look, I don't consider it to be a bad thing for somebody to say like, oh, you know, controversial, because I think it helps with branding in general, because. When people say that somebody is controversial, you're more likely to pay attention to them. But I think a lot of you out there who are driving around in your cars and listen to me every morning have maybe heard initially, oh, Clay Travis is really controversial. And I've heard this over the years, over and over and over again. As people listen, they're like, actually, you just say exactly what you think. And what is controversial is you're sharing your actual opinion. And most people tiptoe up to their opinions or are afraid to say what they actually think. And so I, I, I use that as an entree point here for Jalen Ramsey because I don't think what Jalen Ramsey said was actually that controversial. And what I mean by that is I think he's just sharing his actual opinion and what is controversial about it is so few athletes share their actual opinions. So you may not agree with him. You may think that Andrew Luck is a really good quarterback, like I do. You may think that Ben Roethlisberger is not like overrated, like Jalen Ramsey did. You may not think that, uh, that Matt Ryan is entirely a system quarterback, all of those things. But that doesn't mean that his opinion is necessarily wrong, right? The great thing about sports is – Every single one of us has different opinions. I love Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. A lot of you hearing me say that are like driving off the road. You're, you're, that's you're controversial. throwing your hands up. Yeah. It, you think no, that I am insane. that's just homerism. Right? I'm giving you my actual opinion there. I've watched every Marcus Mariota game, most of his games at Oregon. I think this guy, he's still only 24, 25 years old. I think he's going to have an incredible year this year. Uh, with LaFleur, his new offensive coordinator, coming over from the L.A. Rams. I saw what happened with Jared Goff in year one, and obviously what was capable of uh, of being accomplished there. If you get the right coach, get the right system. I think we're going to have the right coach and the right system for Mariota this year. If you're drafting fantasy, I like Marcus Mariota as a late-round pick when a lot of guys are not going to take him, right? I don't think that opinion is controversial. You may not agree with it, but it's my honest opinion. I thought a lot of what Jalen Ramsey said was just his honest opinion, and I think honesty from athletes, particularly in the world of the NFL, is so rare that it strikes many as controversial. So, one, I think 
Congratulations, Jalen Ramsey. I always say, I would rather people tell me what they honestly think than tell me what they think I want to hear. And I think the vast majority of people in America today make a living telling you what they think you want to hear as opposed to what they actually think. So props to Jalen Ramsey for speaking his truth, even though you may not agree with every part of his opinion. Also, I think this is phenomenal for the NFL. The NFL, for a long time, has had players all buttoned up, never say anything, it's boring. The NFL product is, I believe, really good. And I think it's really good because in any given week, anything can happen, and in any given season, any team can win the Super Bowl. There are about 20 teams coming into the start of the NFL season this year where if you're a fan of them, you could sit back and say, hey, if everything went really well for my team this year, we could be in the Super Bowl. Do you know how many teams can say that in the NBA? Three or four. There are 20 at least in the NFL where you can say, hey, if everything goes right, if our quarterback stays healthy, develops, if our, you know, like I can run through a list, every team has a different narrative of what needs to happen. If our linebackers stay healthy, if our defensive line develops, right? There's all different questions that every team has as we begin the season and we get ready for week two of the NFL preseason. But there are about 20, maybe even 25 of the 32 NFL teams that could actually go out and win or advance to the Super Bowl this year. How many teams can make the NBA Finals? Four. There's about four teams that can make the NBA Finals, and the Golden State Warriors are going to win the title. We already know it. But the NBA players are so outspoken, and the NBA's free agency is so fun that the off-the-court action makes you think that the NBA is a more entertaining product than it actually is because they don't have all their players walking around with muzzles all day long. So Jalen Ramsey, I think smart move for him. In particular, I think this is going to make him millions and millions of dollars. Is it going to make him a target all season long? People are going to pay attention to whether or not he gets burned? Yes. Is that good for him? Yes. He's the new Richard Sherman. Same way Richard Sherman branded himself and became a superstar when he knocked down the pass against Michael Michael Crabtree in the NFC title game and then did his interview with Aaron Andrews. From that point forward, Richard Sherman was a superstar. The Legion of Boom came into its own. I think Jalen Ramsey is making smart, strategic moves to brand himself and brand his teammates on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who they're now calling the Jackson Five. Uh, and I believe this was a really calculated move on his part. Plus, I don't think his opinions were actually that wacky. He gave us 24 quarterback opinions. I agreed with 20 of them. We ran through in hour one. I'd encourage you to go download the podcast. I disagreed with him about Drew Brees. Uh, sorry, about uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I disagreed about Matt Ryan. I disagreed about Andrew Luck, and I disagreed about uh, Lamar Jackson. Otherwise, 19 or the 20 other opinions, I essentially agreed with him. So I didn't think they were that irrational. Now, I will say this for everybody in Indianapolis. He went after Andrew Luck. This is a great stat that one of you sent me. Uh, Andrew Luck in 2016, remember last year, we did not have a uh, situation where uh, they play twice. So I think it's a bold move to go after somebody in your division that you are going to see twice. Uh, Jalen Ramsey in 2016, head-to-head against Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck targeted him 16 times, completed 11 passes for 172 yards and a touchdown, had a QBR of 125. That ain't very good for Jalen Ramsey. So that's, that's head-to-head when Andrew Luck was healthy. Is that why he doesn't like him? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes you have irrational opinions. 
Maybe he had a bad game and he thought that Andrew Luck uh, took advantage of that and it was about him not playing well as opposed to Andrew Luck playing. uh, But that's Andrew Luck with an injured shoulder ripping apart Jalen Ramsey last year. So I think when you look at the actual numbers uh, uh, and the quotes and everything else, I don't think they were that controversial. I think what was controversial was Jalen Ramsey actually said his legitimate opinion as an athlete in the NFL, which we rarely get. Now, I will say this. He didn't give his real opinion of Blake Bortles. I think if he did not play for the Jacksonville Jaguars, his opinion of Blake Bortles would be that he's trash, that he's not very good. But it's his teammate, and I think you're obligated to lie and pump up your teammate in public, even if you don't believe it. In the same way, everybody has had a teammate who's always starting fights or always getting into into arguments and disagreements, whether it's basketball, football, hockey, baseball, whatever it is. You back him up. But in the back of your mind, everybody has done this. You're thinking, why did he do this? Like, you've been playing basketball, and some one of your buddies has shoved somebody, and you've, like, felt obligated to go help him out. But you've also been thinking, why did he put us in this situation? <laughs> everybody has got a friend. It's like Every the crew. Every single guy. It's like yes. the crew here in L.A. when you were almost suspended from the network. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> everybody has got a friend. Everybody, maybe that's why I was controversial. <laughs> Everybody has got a friend who is uh, who has put them in this situation. Maybe I'm the guy at Fox Sports Radio who puts them in the situation. You're like, oh hell, I got to go defend this knucklehead now, and I know he, he's not in the right. Having said that, when you run through this entire uh, entire landscape of what Jalen Ramsey said, I just want a, a, a yes or no on the on the LA opinion, and I, we're going to bring in Petros Papadakis, and I'll ask him the same thing too. Good or bad for the NFL, this Jalen Ramsey article in GQ. I think it's insanely good for the NFL. What about you, Danny G? I'll use Sam Darnold's favorite word, awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt. What about you, Roberto? Totally agree. Awesome. And, and he's a smart guy because he, he also said that Derek Hart is good. So, <laughs> Yeah. You Raider fans. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? Good or bad for the NFL? Uh, of course it's good. Everyone's talking about this this morning. And everybody's talking about it in a way that is positive for the NFL. It has been so long since we had an off-the-field story in the NFL that didn't involve the anthem, that didn't involve something controversial, that had nothing to do with the game itself from an entertainment perspective. I'll tell you this right now, I can't wait to see how Jalen Ramsey's going to do this season against every quarterback that he called out, and I can't wait to see how the Jags are going to do. Now, if I was Tom Coughlin, would I like uh, what he said? Probably not. But if I'm Roger Goodell and I'm waking up this morning and the number one story about the NFL is about a player talking trash about other guys in the NFL, I love it. I wish the NFL had open mic. I wish every team had a guy who could take the mic and talk trash about every other team, WWE style. You pay a guy an extra hundred grand a year and he is allowed to say whatever he wants about every other team. Your best trash talker, WWE style, like on SmackDown and Raw, give him the mic Every week he gets to go out and speak his truth and take shots at everybody and he can just drop the mic at the end and everybody just gets hyped and is excited about the next week of games. Just like in the WWE and in uh, and in uh, SmackDown and Raw. Because I think what oftentimes we forget, and I try to always keep this in the back of my mind as well, is ultimately we're talking about things that aren't that serious. Everything in the world of sports is entertainment. The reason why 99% of people watch sports in America, maybe 99.9%, is to be entertained. 
The other 0.1% is because you're a mom and your son is playing and you're like, want to make sure that he doesn't get hurt. Other than that, everybody wants to be entertained. And so I think the NFL strangles a lot of the entertainment out of the game by not letting players speak out as much as they actually would like. I enjoy this when it comes to entertainment. Props to Jalen Ramsey. All right, we're going to bring in uh, Petros Papadakis. Uh, is he controversial? Is he ever described as the controversial Petros Papadakis? He is this start- week because he, he missed his usual time. He's, that's a great point. He is very controversial this week because he's usually on Tuesday in the afternoon, and I don't know what happened. We're going to find out. I think he slept right through uh, his usual wake-up. Was it was something crazy? Did he have too much to drink on Monday night? What happened that he missed Tuesday? We'll ask him about this new tunnel that they're going uh, to dig between Hollywood and the Dodger Stadium. Uh, Elon Musk, I think – is maybe the most interesting guy in all of business in the world today, as if he weren't already doing enough with Tesla and SpaceX, and now he's got a company he's going to dig a tunnel in L.A. to get people to Dodger games faster. I'm This is a real story. I am utterly flabbergasted by this. We're going to talk about it. Uh, Petros Papadakis will join us next, 5, AM 570 Sports in L.A. at Petros and Money. Show, we will talk with him next. The controversial Petros Papadakis joins us next on Fox Sports Radio. Was that a curse word? I can't even tell what this walk-up music is for Petros Papadakis. I think we might have just committed an FCC violation, but the guys... You know what? It says clean version, but... But didn't that sound like a curse word we just played? He dropped a GD on the clean version, so we had to dump his walk-up music. Oh, that's typical. Thank you, Petros. Uh, Thanks, Petros. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Also, we are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, Petros Papadakis joins us now. Uh, Petros. Yes. What happened on Tuesday? Oh, I just slept. I kind of yeah. just effed it off. No. Hey, I'm stunned that you're willing to get up with us. Uh, so, uh, when you weren't there for Tuesday, but I actually was concerned because you've been so reliable. I was like, I wonder if something has happened to him. No, I was just depressed. Uh, I decided that I was going to not do yoga in the morning and I just said, I'll sleep in. And I totally forgot about the radio show. And I'm deeply sorry to everybody. I know that everybody's Tuesday was not the same. There's no doubt at all. All right, so we haven't talked much about this. Since when you not this. drop a GD on the radio? We say yeah, it every day. What, what kind of world have we, have we rolled into? Here's a question that I have for you. We haven't talked. I've kind of teased it for a while on the show. I am obsessed with Elon Musk. I think the guy is utterly fascinating in every respect. Um, Tesla car company, the, the SpaceX company, and now he says he's going to dig a tunnel between East Hollywood and and the Dodger Stadium in Chavez Ravine, and it's going to turn like what can be an hours-long commute depending on traffic. And I've only ever been to one game at Dodger Stadium. I went to the World Series. uh, Doug Gottlieb picked me up, and we sat in traffic for like two and a half hours to make it to the World Series. It was unlike anything I've ever seen before. So what are the odds that this tunnel actually gets dug and that at some point you're able to get in a car, like one of these companies, are you hitting buttons for us there? And no, that's gonna... not me. I don't know why it happens. It's not. It happens when I'm on the air with you, and it has nothing to do with me. I'm on my landline in my office, so don't you tell me about the buttons or the music. 
I, I don't know what's going on. A rough start. What are the odds that you're ever able to actually do this? What are the odds that this happens? For people who don't know out there, maybe you know more about this than I do. I've just seen the headline. They are talking about digging a tunnel from East Hollywood, I think, to the Dodger Stadium, and it would allow you to get there in like four minutes as opposed to four hours, which is basically what it seems like it takes now. Yeah, I can answer that. Uh, first of all, I think the beeps are your dump button, oh. right? I don't that, know that way. What, the LA studio is that you with the beeps? Yes, that's the dump mm. button re uh, uh, reigniting, rebooting no, this, itself. This is why Petros is controversial. Yeah, uh, we don't know. We didn't right, touch. So, we didn't touch anything in Los Angeles. So somehow there's a beep. No, the dump button does like a digital garble sound, catching back up to itself. There's no beeping on the dump button. Well, it ain't me. Just like the Bob Dylan song. It ain't me, it's babe. Beep gate. Beep gate indeed. All right, so what are the odds this tunnel ever happens? Probably very low. I mean, we, we're still building a metro system in Los Angeles that has cost like billion. You should look up those articles. It's cost billions of dollars. Nobody uses it. It doesn't go anywhere. You know, it's like stairs to nowhere. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Like, I've heard that there is a public transportation system in L.A., I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Like I you don't even know where movie? this train is. Have you ever seen the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh yeah. Okay. In Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it depicts Los Angeles in like the '40s, and there's a red line. The red line was the greatest public transportation system that any city had ever had built. It was better than New York, better than the T, better than the L, and the Firestone family who made tires when they built the 10 freeway all the way to Santa Monica, uh, pulled a coup in the L.A. City Council and got it ripped out. One of the and worst that's decisions why you were in of the all freaking time. traffic for two and a half hours with Gottlieb to get to Dodger Stadium. It's one of the worst decisions ever made, probably, honest. I'm not even kidding about it the, really the city is, of Los Angeles. It really is, unless you're the Firestone family and you make beer and wine and tires and one of you was The Bachelor and you're laughing up in Santa Barbara and you're never in L.A. traffic. And if you are, you helicopter in. But the red line, which my grandmother used to take to church from San Pedro all the way into, like, uh, the mid-city area, mid-Wilshire area. Yep. And it took, like, 25 minutes or something crazy like that. Some people do take the train. I, I just, there's so much red tape. Let, let me give you an example. Uh, you ever heard of Parker Center, the old L.A. Uh, PD building? It's, no, it, it, you know, it's in all kinds of TV yeah. shows, like The Closer and stuff like that. They built a new L.A. PD building, and they're cr- trying to knock over the old one. Instead, it's being protested, and the wrecking balls are being blocked by homeless activists that want to turn it into a 40,000-square-foot dorm for homeless people. That's, that's, what, that's what Elon Musk will be dealing with. Basically, that would turn it into the Carter from New Jack City, just a giant crack house. Yeah, I just I am blown away by this entire idea. I'm looking at Too the pictures. Too much red tape, Clay. Nothing gets done in L.A. That's, that's the answer. Yeah, it, it's really pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Well, they said you can it equate would... it to sports in a lot of ways too. I mean, th- that's that's why uh, no one has a stadium unless the owner builds it himself, like the one in 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 uh, Santa Clara or the one that they're building in Inglewood. You know, the Chargers are going to rent with them. The Raiders are leaving the the, the state. Uh, it's just a really hard state to get anything done. 
Well, especially because they say that it would take 14 months to build it. And I'm like, 14 months? Are you kidding me? Like a little over a year to build this track? I mean, this is incredible if it ends up happening. I think it's an amazing story. And again, Do you know who uh, his girlfriend is? Elon Musk? No, I don't know. His girlfriend is a, a fabulous uh, artist, singer, songwriter kind of person named Grimes. Didn't know that. I, I read I read Elon Musk's uh, the book about Elon Musk that was written, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's it sold a lot of copies. And I just find him to be completely fascinating and such a total badass um, in everything that he's done, and also fearless. So I would love to see this happen. But it's amazing to me that this story comes out in the middle of if you've been following Tesla, like whether or not they might go private. Uh, they're favored, by the way. I saw odds. They have offshore odds on who's most likely to go to Mars first. SpaceX is right now the favorite at like minus 350 to put a person on Mars first. I think Musk has said he wants to die on Mars. Like at some point he wants to go there and finish his life on Mars. What an unbelievable uh, story in general. The, the, the Elon Musk book that I read is phenomenal. I'd encourage people to read it. All right. Let's go outside of uh, of the Dodgers getting to the game. What's going on with Kenley Jansen? And what uh, impact uh, is his health going to have? And what's the vibe right now among Dodger fans? Look at you going so hard locally. I just own Dodger beat. Like when you think, who knows the Dodgers? Nationwide people are like Clay Travis knows that's more about truth. the Dodgers than anybody. Yeah, I think that's kind of what people think. Well, Kenley Jansen has a heart uh, problem. He had a heart problem uh well, maybe six, seven years ago and a surgery, and it looks like he might need another kind of surgery. Uh, I'm not sure how major or minor that surgery is, but uh, I saw him yesterday or two days ago at Dodger Stadium, and he was in pretty good spirits, and he was working out and moving around. And obviously, if there was any doubt as to who's the most important guy on the Dodger baseball team, it was answered uh, in the last five or six games. I think they, the bullpen is blown, and it's been a different guy every night. The bullpen has blown seven games in a row. That's amazing. And last night they were able to pull it out, and I think the first of those uh, they were able to pull out. But uh, it's been a real siege. And it'll be a knockdown, drag-out fight all the way through. Uh, last year was a little different. The Dodgers built themselves such a pad that whenever they had a slide, it was not that big of a deal. But uh, this year's a little bit different, and uh, we're going to watch them struggle all the way to the, down the stretch. We'll see who makes it. Where does Dodgers-Giants rank in L.A. sports rivalries? Um, obviously, you've got USC, UCLA. You've got, uh, the, the, over the history, the Lakers versus the Celtics. How would you slot in uh, the Dodgers versus the Giants? Is it the best rivalry in the yeah. city of L.A. in sports? Yeah, I think it's the number one and the most relatable. It pits the Bay Area against Los Angeles. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was a Ram fan, and John Robinson was the coach of the Rams, and Jim Everett was their quarterback, uh, I was a big Ram fan, and we hated the 49ers, you know, Joe Montana and Ronnie Lott and those guys. And the Rams just could not get over that hump. But the most consistent over the decades is is obviously Dodgers-Giants. And they they do uh, get after each other. And there's also kind of a weird respect there like any great rivalry one team is much less uh if the other one doesn't exist and they kind of came over together from the east coast did you know the mets colors represent the two teams that left new york dodgers and giants 
No, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, how about that? That's a pretty good little factoid. Uh, you like spe- that, brother? Yeah, speaking of New York uh, and L.A. cross-pollination, you've got Sam Darnold playing tonight. Incredible transition for me. Uh, and I know you watched Sam Darnold play every game that mattered at SC over his career. He played his first preseason game looked pretty good. Are you a believer in Sam Darnold, and would you believe that he is going to start in week one? I said earlier on the show, I think based on what I saw in the first preseason game, and given Josh McCown's not exactly a guy who you feel like, oh, we can have this guy and, 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 and feel comfortable with him for an entire year in terms of being very good, I think that Sam Darnold will start week one. Are you paying attention? Do you agree? Yeah, I'm paying really close attention. Uh, I watched his whole first game and was really impressed, but not surprised because, as you know, I've always been a big believer in Sam Darnold. I think once he got that NFL coaching and once he had an offense where there's a little bit more protection, I thought it was interesting because his first series uh, for the Jets – was behind the second team O-line. And O-line depth, I guess, has been a problem in the NFL this year. In the preseason, it's been kind of glaring. I've heard some people talk about. And uh, Darnold was under siege. He got the ball out. And then they replaced one of the guys on the O-line with a starter. And he really started to to flourish and look comfortable. For his first game, it was pretty remarkable. Uh, and I like the way Baker Mayfield looked. I would have never drafted Baker Mayfield before Sam Darnold, or right. Saquon Barkley for that matter. But uh, I like Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. I thought both those guys looked like themselves, comfortable, uh, great leadership, uh, teammates like them, and very accurate, both of them. And they're both very different. But I was impressed with it. And I think, you know, is he going to start week one, I guess, is your question. this happens at USC and it definitely is a, is the case in the pros. He's got to start at some point. He's going to be the starter. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's week one. I don't think it does. You know, at some point Baker Mayfield's got to start over Tyrod Taylor money plays, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, uh, Darnold, uh, even Lamar Jackson, uh, those guys are going to have to be the starter eventually because of the equity of the pick. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but it happens sooner or later. And these days it happens much sooner uh, than later. Remember, Carson Palmer sat out his whole first year. There are a lot of guys you can point to that have set out for their entire first years. It's become increasingly less and less common. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. We obviously opened the show, you could probably guess, with Jalen Ramsey's GQ article. I'm sure you talked about it some on your show yesterday. I what didn't. did you think? You didn't mention it at all. No, I talked about it on Seattle radio. Uh, I got you. Well, you can talk about it with us. What did you think about that story in general, good or bad for the NFL? Well, you know, people want more and more to know everything about everybody, right? Yes. If we, you know, we want to splay that person out and open them up and look at their rib cage and pancreas and spleen and the whole deal. And in a much more negative way, this was the Richie Incognito, Jonathan Martin situation, right? Where people that love the NFL really got a chance to see how the sausage is made in the locker room. And a lot of them didn't like it. And that's okay. But this is how players really talk. This is how super confident guys that go out there and are in the line of fire, so to speak, This is how they talk in the locker room. This is how they keep their swagger going. Not everybody, 
but a lot of guys. So uh, to me, it was a little bit refreshing to hear somebody actually speak like I know how football players speak. I don't think it was a good look, and it's obviously not how you talk to the media. To me, it just seemed like he got drunk in front of a writer, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what happens. You know, you get comfortable with a guy for a couple days, John Rocker style, and it the, the interview changes your life and everybody's perception of you. It's fascinating. It really is. Uh, Petros Papadakis, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. I really do. Seriously, I say this. I appreciate you getting up. The show's a lot better for it, and, uh, and I thank you for doing it. Well, I, I thank you for having me, and I'm sorry about Tuesday, and I'm not taking responsibility for those beats. I'm not. <laughs> it's Petros Bavadegas, AM570 Sports in LA. Many of you start your morning with him here, and you'll finish your afternoon with him. Uh, let me tell you right now, welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. As we always say, as people who love the outdoors, Bass Pro Shops know what they stand for. They stand for great gear, fair prices, expert service, and memorable experiences at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. They stand together for you. Speaking of standing together, guy who stands together for us, he's Eddie Garcia. What you got for us? Well, let's give you a Geico scoreboard from Major League Baseball, where in L.A., the Dodgers snapped a five-game losing skid, walk off with a 4-3 win over the Giants in 12 innings. L.A.'s now a game and a half back of Idle, Arizona for the top spot in the NL West, and two and a half back of Philadelphia and Milwaukee for a wild-card spot in the National League. Rockies were rolled by the Astros 12-1. Colorado, like L.A., is a game and a half back of the NL West and two and a half back in the wild-card race. Cardinals have won eight straight. They beat the Nationals 4-2. They're a game back of the wild-card spot in the National League. Braves over the Marlins 5-2. Atlanta is still two up on Philadelphia for first in the NL East. The Phillies kept pace with a 7-4 win over the Red Sox. Cubs beat the Brewers 8-4. Chicago now with a three-game lead on Milwaukee with a top spot in the NL Central. And in 12 innings, the Mariners shut out the A's 2-0. Seattle moves two and a half back of Oakland for the final wild-card spot in the American League, while Oakland drops two back of Houston for the top spot in the AL West. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. I was just teasing it. We're talking about the Dodgers trying to build, or not the Dodgers, Elon Musk trying to build this tunnel to the uh, to uh, Dodger Stadium and how much faster it would be from East Hollywood. What are the odds that humans will bet, be set foot on Mars and who's going to get there first? You can actually bet on this on the offshore. It's connected to Elon Musk, who is supposed to be building the tunnel in L.A. I promise these odds may blow your mind. I'm going to hit you with them next on Fox Sports Radio. It's Imagine Dragons. Um, we took my boys to the Imagine Dragons concert. If you got young kids, it's a pretty awesome concert to take them to. It's clean, no cursing. These guys put on a good show. My seven-year-old and my 10-year-old love Imagine Dragons. It's actually a really good kind of event to go to. So if they're coming to your town, I know they're on tour. Um, I went to it. We loved it. Wife, kids, everybody had a really good time. Good family activity. Uh, Welcome back, Geico, Outkick Studios. Clay, their concert is like how you like your Major League Baseball games to be. Clean. Yeah. Exactly. Clean. Nobody getting hit. No fights. No brawls. Get an extra 5% off purchases every day at Lowe's on items big or small. When you use your Lowe's Advantage card, all projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Subject to credit approval and can't be combined with any other credit credit offers. Exclusions apply. See store for details. U.S. only. That's Lowe's. Get hooked up there. You know, it is funny. Like, I'm controversial, but I want the baseball game to eliminate all the controversy. I'm trying to make the world a better place. Um, I, speaking of the world being a better place, Elon Musk is trying to do this tunnel in L.A., which I find, like I said, utterly fascinating. But I also find it really intriguing 
uh, you can bet right now on Elon Musk. Like, how confident are you? You can bet on the first people to uh, charter humans to Mars. Okay? You can bet on this on the offshores. My guys at Sportsbook Review, uh, I just tweeted out this link to their betting. The first organization to charter humans to Mars, SpaceX is a minus 350 favorite. Now, the downside here is you might have to sit on your money for years before anybody actually uh, makes this happen. Blue Origin, I believe that's Jeff Bezos' company, the Amazon founder, if I'm not mistaken. Boeing, which is the big space, uh, big uh, airplane company. And then Space Force, which is uh, Donald Trump and Mike uh, Pence's idea. Uh, to have a uh, space force and then the other question is will a human being set foot on mars by 2025 no is minus 450 yes is plus 275 i think that's the kind of thing we should do the president trump is listening if you know like like uh john f kennedy came out and he said we will put a man on the moon and I believe we did it in 1969. And by the way, that new movie they're making about Neil, Neil Armstrong, I think First Man or whatever it's called, that looks really good. I'm excited to watch that. I've been going to see a lot of movies here lately. I went to go see the uh, the movie about, uh, about Mr. Rogers. That was pretty good. I went to see Mission Impossible. That was outstanding. Uh, which for me is a lot of movies. So I've seen two, uh, two movies recently. Well, especially uh, adult movies. Yeah, well, I love Mission Impossible. You guys made fun of me. I like Jurassic Park. It was a perfect summer movie. I thought Mission Impossible was the perfect, uh, perfect summer movie too. Um, but, uh, but like the, the the situation here with getting somebody on Mars in 1969, Kennedy came out and he said, "We're going to put a man on the moon," and everybody said, "My God, that is crazy." What is John F. Kennedy thinking? I don't know what year. John F. Kennedy said it, and certainly he had died. He was assassinated in 63, so he didn't live to see it. But it was a uniting moment, a uniting force, and an incredible moment for uh, the United States and the world in general. Why couldn't a president say, we're going to put a man or woman, you'd have to say a man or woman now, because people would be like, oh, it's so sexist. We're going to put a man or woman on Mars by 10 years. Why couldn't the president just come out and say that and start a mission to Mars goal? Like, so it's, what is it, 2018 right now? Why couldn't the president just come out and say, by 2028, we're going to be have we're going to walk on Mars. But well, I think that's but, something that everybody would agree to. Yeah, and I would too. But wouldn't you like to fix the roads and passageways here no. closer to home first? I would rather put a man on Mars than not have potholes. <laughs> but on the road. okay, if Elon Musk really wants to help Clay for years, decades, I'm talking. There was supposed to be a bullet train from L.A. to Vegas. Let's do that, or, or from L.A. to the Bay as well. There were talks about that. On yeah, the, on I the think West the, Coast here, we've been waiting for years on that. Yeah, I think the challenge on trains, this is my theory on trains in general, is that cars are too prevalent here. Where cars took off, I mean, sorry, where trains took off in Europe, people didn't have cars. So the way that we developed as a society and as an economy, everybody could immediately afford cars. And so I think it's hard-pressed to get somebody to get on a train, especially when, like, I looked up flights because I'm going to be in L.A. next week uh, for, uh, for, uh, for work. And the flights from L.A. to Vegas are going every, like, every hour all day long, and they cost like 100 bucks. Why would you need a train when you can just hop on a plane and fly for 100 bucks instead? Well, what I read was both ways on the bullet train would have been around $77 or something like that. So you'd save over 100 bucks, and you wouldn't have to hassle with an airport. 
Yeah, I just I don't have a problem. I know people are like, oh, LAX is tough. Every time, and I'm not, I'm going to eventually get get screwed here. I've never had any issues with LAX. Every and I've flown into LAX. I mean, I've flown in and out of LAX 150 times. Uh, You're the oh, one because the re- I, I've never the, had any issue. Although the rest of us hate LAX and fly into Burbank any chance we get. Yeah, I understand that, but I've and I've flown into Burbank once when they had that shooting. I was in the air when they had the shooting at LAX. Remember that, like four or five years yeah. ago. And I had to I had to land in Burbank, and that was a mess. You had to drive all over the. I was I had no idea where I was when I was in Burbank. Also, once went to the wrong airport. I went to the Burbank airport, and I'd never been to L.A. before, like a decade, maybe 12 or 13 years ago. I thought I was flying out of Burbank. It actually was LAX, and I just went to the wrong airport. You know you've been in a rough shop when you show up at the wrong airport, and I bet a lot of the people have done that as well. You know Bob Hope is upstairs just shaking his head at you. There's no doubt. What a disgrace. Whenever you fly to to Burbank airport, I can pick you up, Clay. I live uh, like five minutes from there. Oh, nice. Well, I'll remember that. It was nice, but it's not a direct. I can't get a direct to Burbank. I don't get on an airplane unless when I get off, I know I'm going to be getting off in that exact airport because otherwise you always get stuck at your connecting location. We're going to talk about Kobe tomorrow. Props to Jalen Ramsey for coming out and making the NFL offseason entertaining. And also, take the hit batsman out of baseball. Suspend this dude for the Marlins for 60 games. End it. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.